0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is
1: about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive
0: workplace, and jumpstarting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of People Talk. People Talk is when we talk about all things related to HR, career, leadership and just trying to get by in life. Today, I am so thrilled to have Barb Runyon joining us. Barb is the Senior Vice President and Chief HR Officer at Gen Thurm Incorporated. Um, she's been there for a number of years. Prior to that, um, Barb was VP and Chief Human Resources Officer at Lazy Boy Incorporated. And then prior to that, um, Barb was at PepsiCo for um, um, almost a decade and a half. Um, she also worked for um, another company called Prestolite Wire Corporation. And we're really proud of Barb. She's on our um, advisory board of the School of Human Resources and Labor Relations here at Michigan State University. And she is a graduate of Wayne State University with an MBA uh, with specialization organization development, and a um, she has a BS in HR from Michigan State. So I have got to say, go green to you. And um, Barb has been a very great supporter of our program and she is known as a thought leader in the world of HR. And we're gonna talk about today about the, gre- the great resignation how to attract and retain talent. But you know what? You logged on today not to listen to me, but to hear the great insights of of Barb. So Barb, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you and welcome. Thank you, Dr.
1: Hall. What a pleasure to be with you on your podcast today. Uh, Really excited to talk about what's new in HR uh, and what's not new. There's more that's new than that's not new right now. And um, uh, I will say go white to you and into my alma mater. Um, as uh, Angela mentioned, I am this SVP and CHRO, and I have the, uh, the great privilege and pleasure to lead HR at Gentherm. Gentherm is a tier two supplier in the automotive industry based in the Detroit area. Uh, we have over 11,000 employees, over 15 countries. So uh, a great global presence and uh, such a unique place to work in terms of understanding uh, global insight around diversity, equity, inclusion. Our mission at GenTherm is we create and deliver differentiated solutions that make meaningful differences in everyday life by improving health, wellness, comfort, and energy efficiency. So we're not your standard automotive supplier. We are very much a technology company We also have a small medical division based out of Ohio that provides thermal comfort and solutions and applications for uh, the operating room for keeping um, patients heated and cooled and uh, have played a big part here in in the fight against COVID with our medical uh, offerings. So today talking a lot about um, what's on everyone's minds around the great resignation. Um, And I think uh, a few of the things that we've done well at Gen therm and lessons learned is uh, people uh, have watched how companies have treated them through COVID. And what I mean by that is, did companies have a kinder, gentler approach and meet people where they were as it relates to dealing with the uncertainties of COVID? Um, I'm happy to say at Gen um, because of the good work of our communications and HR teams, that we were lockstep with our employees in terms of Uh, what the state of COVID was in our local communities, how we could embrace and take care of our employees, uh, how we made sure we had mental health awareness uh, resources for our employees, how we advocated for our employees in our manufacturing plants when they had to come into work versus having the ability to work from home and and really thanking our employees. um, And we did do a a payroll comp, Deferral, where we asked people uh, to have a temporary pay deferral, and uh, and we were able to pay that back within six months when the company's liquidity came back. I think that helped us build a lot of trust. And I think you know, as in any company, there were doubters of of could we uh, could we pay the deferral back and all the uncertainties of a VUCA world we live in. And we paid it back earlier than we did. We paid it back in time for the holidays last year which was a great credibility and a thank you to our employees for the sacrifice they made. I think also just making sure that we had consistent communication with our employees uh, and had a a COVID hotline to answer any questions in several town halls and touch points, more than than typical, uh, just to make sure there was two-way communication and that we were building trust in an uncertain time. And that's really helped us as we, Uh, hopefully uh, reach the end of this pandemic and move to the next chapter and move to now a hot talent market and uh, and people looking for for new opportunities. Uh, A couple of the things that we're really working on is making sure that we connect our people to our purpose, and not only to the purpose of the company, but our purpose to our people and what that means from a personalized standpoint for each and every employee in terms of how do they make a difference for GenTherm, Um, How are they contributing to some terrific uh, wins that we've had along the way as we've picked up some new customers, as we've um, been able to navigate through semiconductor shortages? So whatever challenges we've had, how do we really listen and meet our customers? And then make sure we're celebrating internally about some of the wins we've had. And candidly, some of the resilience along the way where um, we've called our employees in our plants, our plant managers, and the day-to-day employees, nearly 10,000 people, they're our heroes. They've worked for the last two years, making sure our products were built, were delivered, um, that we had safe working plants um, beyond our typical great safety record in terms of COVID protocols and so forth, and kept our employees and their their employees safe. So I, I, I think... Um, Every chance I get, I, I thank uh, our, our manufacturing employees. Also now our supply chain employees because of all of the challenges with the semiconductor shortage, what it means for our products, what it means for our customers, what it means for the original equipment manufacturers and how do we shift um, and make sure that we, we can take advantage of a global footprint. Uh, it's, it's more arduous to deal in a global economy for a variety of reasons but I would offer, it's more rewarding for so many reasons, not only from a business perspective, uh, but from a business continuity perspective, uh, but also just from a culture perspective. I, I have the great pleasure of you know, working with people from not only 15 different locations, but probably 30 to 40 different countries and within each of those countries, different cultures and subcultures. So that has been a real benefit for me in my three years at GenTherm. To really uh listen and learn um and have an open mind about it's not always done the best way here or in this location but really scaling best practices and having the power of one gender um and i think so i think through purpose and resilience um and making sure that you are giving people mental breaks and paying attention and encouraging our leaders to give people mental breaks that that those are the things that are going to help um, the, the winning companies continue to win and help um, help us manage uh, uh, opportunities for people internally and give people new critical experiences in a time where we've got to manage outside of our typical operating structure and manage in a matrix or manage with a network of teams instead of just managing through uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis, given, given the world has changed in our agendas our daily agendas change so quickly. So those are a few of the thoughts that I have around our, um, our employee value proposition that's now moving to more, how do we connect to each employee, making sure that uh, that that purpose counts for them individually.
0: Well, that's great advice. And I know, Barb, you've worked at multiple companies in different types of industries. And From your years of experience in um, HR, what do you think are some key uh, pieces of advice that you would give employers trying to attract and retain uh, talent, particularly in a market like this? that we are experiencing during the great resignation in a pandemic, what what can employers do? I know you talked about the employer value proposition. What are some other things you think that employers can do to get that talent that they need?
1: Sure, Um, well, I think first with retention of talent, leadership matters now more than ever and relationships matter and uh, operating over a screen, as most of us have been used to doing, uh, it's, it's great to keep the business going, but it's not all, it doesn't always work to your advantage in terms of building those relationships. So I think carving out more time to make sure our leaders uh, in any industry, in any business, are reaching out and checking with employees beyond what the punch list is for the day, the week, the month cultivating those relationships. And I also think it's about how can managers and leaders be part of the solution with employees and drive, um, um, you know, just the the importance of that they're they're in it with them and they understand their challenges and that they're actively trying to advocate. I think advocacy is so key right now. If someone feels that their leader has got their back is uh, they can trust them um, that they're providing growth opportunities, um, that they listen to them, that they can help them when they know they need a break to, to check out for a couple hours or a day. Those are the kind of things that are going to help people cope because those things uh, are ubiquitous across every industry, every culture, everywhere. We're all dealing with the same stressors because of COVID, because of um. You know, uh, supply chain shortages. That's cro- across so many industries. So I think, um, you know, from my experience, it's mostly, although it's been in a few different industries, it's primarily been in manufacturing. Uh, and so I think those are the things that are really that resonate with me in terms of leadership. But I think they translate over to to high tech or service industries as well. It, you know, it's it's really about meeting people where they are, and. You, you when you walk into work or you get on the screen in the morning you don't know what challenges someone else has right so it's really about um and if you did know them you probably have a lot more empathy than you would in a normal day so it's really about making sure that there's good empathy and understanding um and that you're removing roadblocks as a leader and and so that's that's the advice i would offer a lot of organizations regardless of where you sit in the world making sure that that you're allowing space and time and accountability for leadership.
0: Great. And um, I think that um, one thing that I wanted to really highlight during this conversation are the great things that gentherm has been doing to promote diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, civility in the workplace. I know that I have spoken um, on a panel um, uh, during uh, Black History Month, with uh, about DEI issues at, um, um, at GenTherm. And I think that you're very a very forward um, organization. What I think is important is um, in this conversation. the notion, Barb, what kind of advice do you have to make it so that people feel included no matter whether you're a minority member, a majority member, and they work in a good environment? The reason why I'm asking you this is because we're reading reports of so many people just checking out and leaving their organizations because they don't feel like they're treated well. Or um, you have people are leaving professions because they don't feel like they're being treated well. And that is a big issue I know in STEM. And I know that being a manufacturing organization, STEM must have a really big impact, the STEM who's going through the STEM pipeline for you. So um, when I read that women are leaving organizations because, or just the profession, because they don't feel they're treated well as engineer or sciences, uh, sciences, or people of color saying the same things. What are you doing and what are some advice that you can, pieces of advice that you could give to people um, regarding how you make everyone feel welcome in their environment, whether you're a majority or from a historically marginalized group?
1: Sure, sure. I have a passion for diversity and equity and inclusion myself, and uh, and it's one of the key tenets of my role and my responsibility as a CHRO. Fortunately, I have a CEO that that very much supports that journey and that that, uh, the initiatives in terms of making sure we're improving our culture. I don't think you ever arrive, but I think what you do is you continue to work for it. And um, when I first came to GenTherm, I was so impressed by the diversity, and as mentioned, that's really what drew me to Gentherm is the the global diversity. I think um, a couple of the things that we've worked on will continue to help us fortify a more inclusive culture, Um, and and, and I don't think any company has cracked the code, so a few of these things are what, what everyone is doing, which is, obviously, you have to look like the market you're in and make sure you've got good representation, but representation only gets you so far. If you recruit a ton of diverse individuals, but they're not, they don't feel like they belong or you don't create that path for um, making sure that they're included, then you're not going to have those employees very long. So I think inclusion needs to be lockstep with diversity. And we've started that journey by ensuring that, uh, people are aware commonly across the globe of what the key definitions are. So versus a a US centric company, only 4% of our employees are in the US. Uh, And many times diversity programs start with, here's the law, here's what the EEOC says, here's here's the basics of compliance, which are vital in, in terms of the bigger picture. But you really have to engage people's hearts and minds and make it personal. Uh, And, you know, if I make it personal for a white male who has a daughter and he understands the implications of of what could happen to his daughter in the workplace, it kind of might help him see from another lens because of that person being his daughter. If I can engage with people that are really passionate about setting the example and being catalysts, and by the way, there's so many white males at GenTherm that do that. Diversity, equity, inclusion is not a black person's problem or a, an asian American's person's problem or a white female. It is a human problem. Mm-hmm. And therefore the ability to have all of us together to say, what can we do to make sure that DE&I is broadly defined as we're all different because we all, we few of us may look alike, but we have very different backgrounds, perspectives, political views. So we've really tried to at GenTherm to open up that definition beyond compliance to work style, to just about every category that makes us all different. And doing that really helps open the eyes that white males are included in the conversation, and therefore they're creating that awareness that this is not about us them, it's about all of us together and i think when you do that you help open people's eyes to be part of the solution and so getting to your question on what advice i have i think the advice is when you create that understanding and people understand micro inequities or something that might be said that might be offensive that it creates awareness of what i may say or do differently and i think coupled with that um having courageous conversation and arming people with a way to have a conversation that says Hey, you know, you made that comment, and I interpreted it differently, um, and I just want to talk to you about how that made me feel. Everyone has a personal barometer, and I think it's so critical for people to have conversations when things are perhaps small inequities in discussion and clearing and educating and opening ears. I may say something, Angela, to you, if you're my coworker, that um, doesn't feel feel right to you. And if, if I, if you know, I have an open mindset and say, Barb, you know, you made that joke and this is how it made me feel. I think more people would say, I had no idea that made you feel that way. I really, I'm sorry for that. And, and, and there's learning along the way, peer to peer in a workforce. Too many times issues get to HR professionals and they've blown up. And it's a pattern of this person made, 20 jokes over the last three years and now it's, it's blown up. It's hard for us as HR to solve those issues when they happen. What we're here to do is provide the guardrails and the guidelines and education and space to have conversations help guide. But just like diversity, equity, inclusion is not just a minority, we need all humans to help. I think solving issues is a peer-to-peer and a coworker to coworker conversation versus always getting HR involved and having good leaders that support that. So I think scale with recruiting, making sure you look like a market and that you have people that are open-minded and are, uh, are, are very much advocates for having a more progressive culture. Um, it's something that we now screen in our, in our guides at Gentherm to make sure that people are able to demonstrate in the interview that they um, display an open mindset around inclusion. Um, and then I think another direct answer would be, uh, I, I see some of my peers at GenTherm that will notice some micro inequities and, and be bystanders and stand up and say, or an upstander, I should say. And what they do is they say, you know, that might come off a little differently. So we allow that space for dialogue um, and we have each other's backs and we're not offended about being corrected about that because we're all learning, right? So there's um, there's a lot that that we all have to learn about different people's cultures and backgrounds. and um, And I think where this goes wrong is when you don't have that open space and people are scared to ask questions in the right way. And the learning doesn't happen because they're fearful of perhaps legal or compliance implications. So it's about believing in positive intent and educating. You know, I know some people have said, I don't feel like I should have to educate people because of who I am if I'm an African-American and I can understand that perspective um, as well. But what I would say is how do we make progress if we're not all a part of the solution and that we all help help others open their ears and and have a way or framework for solving issues to make it a human issue and, and, and make sure that we're making progress.
0: Great. Barb, you have given me and the um, listeners such great advice. Um, Is there anything else as we close that you want the the audience to know on this topic or anything that um, you feel that is um, something that your budding HR professional, if they had to get one takeaway for today, what would you want that to be for them? or a budding manager?
1: Sure, I think the, uh, the one takeaway I would have is as a, uh, an emerging talent, whether you're a leader or an HR professional, know the business really well and know the context of what's happening in the outside-in world to, to lead and, 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 uh, and inspire internally and balance that with good advocacy for your people. And when you understand the business and have the technical knowledge and you have the authenticity to lead people in the right way, um, there's a magic combination there for success. And it's not just about success in in the workplace, but it's broader success as as being um, additive to our world.
0: Wow, that's really great, Barb. I really appreciate you um, joining us today And I want to thank the audience for listening to this episode of People Talk. So please join us for our next episode. Um, Episodes drop on Thursdays twice a month. And take care, be well. And once again, thank you so much, Barb. My pleasure. Go white. Go go green. (laughs) Thanks for listening to
1: another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please share it with your friends and colleagues, and remember to subscribe to our show.
0: Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit cxofm.org for more resources.